This is the Bible in One Year, Day 178. The God of Miracles. After an alpha weekend, a soldier called Quincy Bellow wrote to me, This pain started 12 years ago. After joining the Royal Marines, it became extremely bad. The cartilage below the kneecap was completely gone. Last year was the worst, when the ligaments and the tendons were torn and the kneecap went in a 45-degree angle. It's been a long and painful journey. I could not sit or stand for too long. Cut a long story short, I decided to try God and try Alpha. I got back from the Alpha weekend and agreed to come to HTB after much hesitation. I heard people testifying and I was thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. When someone said a word of knowledge about the cartilage issue, I took the sharpest breath I ever took. I agreed to be prayed for. I felt God moving in my knee. I dropped on my knees to test it and remarkably no pain. It's just miraculous. I went for a run last night. It was the first time after a very long time I hadn't had any pain. God is real. The email was headed, Brand New Knee. God is a God of miracles. Psalm 78 But they continued to sin against him, rebelling in the wilderness against the Most High. They willfully put God to the test by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God. They said, Can God really spread a table in the wilderness? True, he struck the rock, and water gushed out, streams flowed abundantly, but can he also give us bread? Can he supply meat for his people? When the Lord heard them, he was furious. His fire broke out against Jacob, and his wrath rose against Israel, for they did not believe in God or trust in his deliverance. Yet he gave a command to the skies above and opened the doors of the heavens. He rained down manna for the people to eat. He gave them the grain of heaven. Human beings ate the bread of angels. He sent them all the food they could eat. He let loose the east wind from the heavens and by his power made the south wind blow. He rained meat down on them like dust, birds like sand on the seashore. He made them come down inside their camp, all around their tents. They ate till they were gorged. He had given them what they craved. But before they turned from what they craved, even while the food was still in their mouths, God's anger rose against them. He put to death the sturdiest among them, cutting down the young men of Israel. Receive the miracle of God's provision. The psalmist continues to tell the story of the people of God's journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. In spite of God's miraculous provision, they sinned even more, rebelled and whined like spoiled children. God helped them anyway. He rained down showers of manna to eat. He gave them the bread of heaven. This prefigured the spiritual food that Jesus provides. Likewise, when he struck the rock, water gushed out and streams flowed abundantly. In a miraculous way, God provided water from a rock. Yet, the people still doubted God, for they did not believe in God or trust in his deliverance. Although miracles are wonderful, they don't always cause people to believe in God. The miracle of water from the rock really happened but it also prefigured and anticipated something even more amazing. St. Paul writes, They drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock 
was Christ. Jesus said, let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flowing from within. By this he meant the Spirit. Lord, thank you for the living water of the Holy Spirit who lives within me. Help me to be the bearer of this supernatural life to all whom I encounter today. New Testament, Acts 17 and 18. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. And this is what I am going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered. But others said, We want to hear you again on this subject. At that, Paul left the council. Some of the people became followers of Paul and believed. Among them was Dionysius, a member of the Areopagus, also a woman named Damaris, and a number of others. Acts Chapter 18 After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent-maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. But when they opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent of it. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Then Paul left the synagogue and went next door to the house of Titius Justus, a worshipper of God. Crispus, the synagogue leader, and his entire household believed in the Lord, 
and many of the Corinthians who had heard Paul believed and were baptized. Believe the miracle of the resurrection of Jesus. The message is Jesus. When in Athens, Paul begins talking to the people on their level. He doesn't start with the Old Testament, as he did with the Jews, proclaiming Jesus as Messiah. Rather, he begins with their worship of an unknown God and uses that to explain Jesus to them. Paul's preaching was remarkably positive. Rather than reproaching them for their idolatry, he says, Now, what you worship as something unknown, I'm going to proclaim to you. He says three things about God. He is the creator, he is self-sufficient, and we all need him. Paul goes on to quote one of their poets approvingly. One of your poets said it well. Christians don't have the monopoly on the truth. God has revealed himself in creation, and we find remarkable insights in secular sources. His talk climaxes with the proclamation of the greatest and most important miracle in history, the resurrection of Jesus. Paul claims to have historical proof of the resurrection. He'd met the risen Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus. The implications are huge. Death was not the end for Jesus, and it will not be the end for you and me. You too will be raised to life. Here Paul says that the resurrection is evidence that God has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed, Jesus. Paul gave people the opportunity to respond to this message. The reactions to hearing a talk about Jesus and the resurrection of the dead were very similar to those we experience today. First, some sneered. Some laughed at him and walked off making jokes. Do not be surprised if you get this reaction from some people. Second, some were interested. Others said, let's do this again. We want to hear more. Many people today as they were then, are genuinely interested, but they need time to hear more and think through the issues. Courses like Alpha provide an opportunity for people to do this. Third, some believed. There were still others who were convinced then and there. They believed straight away. It is unusual but wonderful when people accept Jesus the first time they hear about him. When Paul went to Corinth, presumably he preached the same message of Jesus and the resurrection. He reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. He was not asking them to exercise blind faith. Your faith is not irrational. The facts of the life, death and resurrection of Jesus give reasons to believe. It is possible to persuade people on the basis of the evidence. If Jesus was miraculously raised from the dead, that is evidence that Jesus is the Christ. Again, as in Athens, there were different responses. Some were abusive, but some believed. Crispus, the synagogue ruler, and his entire household believed in the Lord. And many of the Corinthians who heard him believed and were baptized. Lord, thank you for the miracle of the resurrection of Jesus and for the power of this message to transform lives. Old Testament, 1 Kings 18 and 19. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When he saw Elijah, he said to him, Is that you, you troubler of Israel? I've not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the Baals. Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel, 
and bring the four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal and the four hundred prophets of Asherah, who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has four hundred and fifty prophets. Get two bulls for us. Let Baal's prophets choose one for themselves, and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. I will prepare the other bull, and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire, he is God. Then all the people said, What you say is good. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one of the bulls and prepare it first, since there are so many of you. Call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bull that was given to them and prepared it. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response. No one answered. And they danced around the altar they had made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he is a god. Oh, perhaps he's deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he's sleeping and must be awakened. So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears, as was their custom, until their blood flowed. Midday passed, and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come here to me. They came to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord which had been torn down. Elijah took twelve stones, one for each of the tribes descended from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Your name shall be Israel. With the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he dug a trench round it large enough to hold two seers of seed. He arranged the wood, cut the bull into pieces, and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, Fill four large jars with water, and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Do it again, he said, and they did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered, and they did it a third time. The water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant, and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, He is God, 
the Lord, he is God. Then Elijah commanded them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Don't let anyone get away. They seized them, and Elijah had them brought down to the Kishon Valley and slaughtered there. And Elijah said to Ahab, Go, eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. Go and look towards the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, Go back. The seventh time the servant reported, A cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, Go and tell Ahab, Hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds, the wind rose, a heavy rainstorm came on, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. 1 Kings chapter 19 Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he laid down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he travelled for forty days and forty nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, 
he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came, and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael, king over Aram. Also, anoint Jehu, son of Nimshai, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Japhat, from Abel-Meholah, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve seven thousand in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouths have not kissed him. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was ploughing with twelve yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the twelfth pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the ploughing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. Experience the miracle of fire from God. God performed a remarkable miracle through the human agency of Elijah. This account stresses the supernatural nature of the event. We all have to decide how we're going to live and who we're going to follow. Elijah says, how long are you going to sit on the fence? If God is the real God, follow him. If it's Baal, follow him. Make up your minds. He sets a test for them and says, the God who answers by far, he is God. It's futile to serve gods made of human hands. However loud they shouted, there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. But when Elijah prayed, he didn't need to shout because he was praying to the living God. You can have the confidence of Elijah every time you pray, knowing that you too are praying to the living God who hears you and will act on your behalf. Every time we pray, come, Holy Spirit, we're asking God to repeat the miracle of Pentecost when the fire of God came on all the people. We don't need to shout or stir up emotion we simply need to ask. In response to Elijah's prayer, the fire of the Lord fell. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, He is God! The Lord, He is God! This was a wonderful miracle. But Elijah is no different from us. He was just a human being. After this spiritual high, he experienced an emotional low. He was exhausted. He became afraid, discouraged, depressed, and almost suicidal. Enough of this, God. Take my life. When we're exhausted, we can easily feel abused, misunderstood, and mistreated. After a good sleep and some food, he was re-energized. Nevertheless, 
he felt that he was the only one left and that everyone was out to get him. It was not actually true, as there were 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees had not bowed down to Baal. But it is easy to feel isolated and alone in your place of work, your family or your neighbourhood. When you come together, for example, on a Sunday, you're reminded that you're not alone. The ways of the Holy Spirit are gentle. God spoke to Elijah. He was not in a great and powerful wind, nor in an earthquake, nor in a fire, but in a gentle whisper. We often need to get away from the noise and find a place and a time of quiet to hear God's gentle whisper deep within our spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you, the God of miracles, the God who raised Jesus from the dead, the God who answers by far, the God who brings water from the rock, you communicate in a gentle whisper. Help me today to hear your voice. Pippa adds, 1 Kings 19 verse 2, Even great people of God have times of discouragement. Having killed all those false prophets, you would think that Elijah could take on anything. But after spiritual and physical exhaustion, we need replenishing. Elijah's recovery seems to come through sleep, food and exercise, although walking for 40 days and 40 nights seems a bit excessive, and also taking on an assistant, which dealt with his feeling of isolation. But most importantly, he hears the voice of God speaking to him again.